chapter 8, Types and Aspects, Thanksgivings. But here in, in these verses, in Colossians, it uses the phrase psalms and hymns, and then it says teaching and admonishing one another. If this grace spoken of in the 16th verse, or you could say the oil of joy or even the anointing, which produces the giving of thanks to our God and Father, is in our hearts, when this oil of joy which is in us is acted upon, this verse tells us we are ministering to one another. It would appear then that we are together, and at least you could say in a church service of some kind, that we were together or gathered in a place as we psalmed or hymned to God. I'm sure with this supernatural grace aspect mentioned in these verses, one could edify or instruct themselves to some degree. But experiencing this type of thanksgiving in my own life, to stay in what we call in spirit or in the sphere of the spirit, you really would have to focus on the inside of you. Otherwise, you would tend to lose what is being said from inside of you, trying to follow what one is saying outside as others speak, or even trying to follow the praise and worship team. Thus, teaching and admonishing one another. And it is not just teaching and admonishing. But here, in this context, the reciprocal Greek pronoun is used here. In this Greek text, which is a back-and-forth motion or process, the Greek pronoun heatus, the third person accusative plural, and meaning here you all yourselves, having the idea of yourselves to each other and back again. Thus, the reciprocal idea, or it would look like something I do or I did affects someone else, and what someone else does affects me. And here, this Greek reciprocal pronoun is in this context. It is speaking about singing out psalms and hymns, and that follows the idea, the word of Christ abiding inside of the Christian. It is not that we are singing to each other, but what we are singing out from within us, we are singing to God, and this what we're singing out does affect each other. It would be a very different than what I have personally seen over the years in most church worship services, because to some extent, you would have to listen at times on the inside and also sing at times. As it seems now, the church tends towards wanting times of more joyful or exuberances or services full of excitement or just singing with what's seen on the screen in front of us, getting excited about the content being sung, not even wondering about true worship or the true worship of the true and the living God being our focus. And I would imagine this kind of worship to God would have to be purposed to be done. And some of us would have to grow up some spiritually to be doing this. But out of God's written word, we are seeing something very different here. God and his spirit of grace in our hearts would have to be the source of our thanking in our services in these moments. Again, you could put a song on the overhead and you could sing and read the words but that's not focusing in your heart. Again, this looks very different and very much like it would be called a church service if it's reciprocal going back and forth. Again, this looks and would be very different than what we would call today a church service or some service of some type. But at least the idea here in Colossians is that it's ministering one to another. So we are then gathered together when we're doing this, or at least some kind of gathering when we come together. 
It may be that if we would understand these verses better and have faith for this kind of singing and would be more reverent in our services focusing on God, these grace events might start happening. And as we yield to God and His Holy Spirit, it would happen more and more. I really hope so, because I have been so blessed in these times of singing with God's grace myself. In reference to Colossians, it tells us first, we the church are giving thanks to God the Father. So the purpose is not aimed directly at one another. In other words, it is not us preaching and teaching and having services where we're preaching and teaching, or even look at me singing, I'm singing a special song. But we would be doing or yielding to God's word in our hearts. And this will cause us to be affected by this anointing of joy. Then it says, by him, and of course this would mean Jesus or Jesus through the Holy Spirit. These three verses in Colossians do speak about psalming and hymning as Jesus directs us. And if it is God's grace, which is our source of our singing, well, there is a different levels to this God's grace idea. Both the minister and the saint are saved by grace and under God's grace, but both have different types or you would say amounts of God's anointing or grace, which is God's grace in and upon our lives. A simple testimony on one side being spoken out could also have a similar effect. Speaking out by inspiration, a real testimony of God can really help others. But this grace singing does have, and its source is God's very grace inside of us. It would be inspiring us to sing, just as much as the minister who shares under the anointing the word of God, and preaching or teaching God's word. I know that we will have to grow in Jesus for this kind of grace events to happen in our churches. And then in reference to ministers who might sing this way, you would also need to have a picture that this grace in function in our thanksgiving. And when others who hear these songs to God, when thanks were given, would be ministered to. Do you remember when Elisha, a minister, took over by direction of God to stand in Elijah's ministry? And he asked for twice the anointing as Elijah had. Elisha did not do twice the spectacular things that Elijah did but twice as many actions in his ministry. The anointing enables us to do what we could not do, but we can do by God's spirit and power. And this oil of joy is power. So being anointed would to some degree mean the frequency of more often, not so much larger events. And for the body of Christ to sing this way, we will need to grow so it is about him and not us. Although we can see differences right on one side in the prophet's ministry and the evangelist's ministry and their anointing compared to the pastor and the teacher's anointing, like in 1 Kings 19.16 and 2 Kings 2.9 and Ephesians 4.11 and 1 Corinthians 12.29 and 30, the emphasis in these verses here in Colossians is the word of Christ dwelling in the Christian and us psalming and hymning because of the word dwelling in the Christian. But right on the other side, notice the book of Ephesians 5.18, 5, 5.17-20. Therefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine, which is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to your psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, 
singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the book of Ephesians and the fifth chapter, these verses speak about us being filled with the Spirit. We are speaking out, or you could say just as easily say singing out here. We can see the will of God being expressed here in how to give thanks to God. Did you notice the twofold aspect, the word of truth and the spirit of truth in thanksgiving here again? Like Jesus said in John 4:23, in spirit and in truth. And this is similar to also what 1 Corinthians we have seen. With my mind singing and with my spirit singing, understanding and tongues without understanding. Mind being words which I understand in my mind, singing out, and spirit meaning tongues or words which I do not understand, singing out. There is a twofold sense to this area of thanksgiving. You see, there is the word inside or the truth inside of this psalming and hymning, and there is the spirit side of the singing this way. Colossians 3, saying, letting the word of Christ abide in you, and singing, And Ephesians 5 says, being filled with the Spirit, speaking, or you could say singing psalms and hymns. But both Ephesians and Colossians chapters speak of our hearts thanking God. Both of them speak of us psalming and hymning. We need a minute to look at this in these two verses. First, in the phrase in Colossians 3.16, we have ha lagos tu kuriu in noiketo en humen plusios, the word of the Lord, let it keep on indwelling in you richly. And then the phrase in Ephesians 5.18, kai me methuskestha oino en o esten osotia ala plerustha en numati. And you all keep on not being recipients of being drunk, in which is unsavedness, but you all keep on being recipients filled in spirit. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Ephesians 5.18 says, But be not drunk with wine, in which is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. EBM text says in Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ keep on indwelling in you all richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing each other in psalms, hymns, and spiritual odes, with grace singing in your hearts to God. EBM Ephesians 5.18 says, And you all keep on not being drunk with wine, in which is unsavedness, but you all keep on being filled in the Spirit. The first thing I want you to see and understand is that the two words here in these two verses are commands. They are not suggestions or just statements like the indicative mood would say in Greek, but they are imperatives. First, let's look here at these two verses and these two words. Number one, innoiketo, the present active imperative, third person singular from the verb innoiketo, the verb to indwell. And then number two, Play theth, the present passive imperative, second person plural from the word plerao, the verb to make full or fill. These two words are both verbs, they're both imperatives. But these verbs are both imperatives in the Greek language. Imperatives are Greek mood, which means they are commands. 
and they are used to give an order. This mood in the Greek language tells us the verb is expressing how the verb is employed, what is being expressed to be done or do. Where the indicative mood in Greek expresses the pointing out mood of a fact, the imperative mood expresses the idea of a command. So these statements in Colossians and Ephesians tell or give us commands about singing or thanking God. The number one in Colossians 3.16, it commands us that the word of Christ would indwell, the command indwell in us. The one in Ephesians commands us that we would be full of the Spirit. But the difference between these two commands is that the command in Colossians is the present active voice. And the command in Ephesians is the present passive voice. And the voice describes the person to the idea of the verb. All Greek verbs have voice, mood, and tense. Here, these Greek verbs are in the imperative mood. It's a command. Both are commands. Here, both of these verbs have tense. They are both present tense. Or express linear or progressive idea. The command goes on to keep on doing something. But in the English language, tense is more time-oriented. But in the Greek, the commands in the imperative, they all will happen or take place in the future at some time as they're acted on by faith or acted on by volition. And they are subsequent to the order being given. But the Greek tense in commands could be present, they could be aorist, or they could even be perfect tense. And the present tense is not emphasizing time per se, but the manner in which the commanded action is viewed happening or could be happening. The Greek aorist command is viewed as a point in time, and the Greek present tense command is viewed as a line in time. The point of the aorist command is a statement like ours, do it now, as the point would indicate at this moment. So if the verbs in these two verses were the Greek aorist tense, the verb, for example, repent, would mean repent right now, as a point in time. But if the verb repent in this idea, or in this example, was the Greek present tense, it would say keep on repenting, or keep on prolonging your idea of repenting. Which would be like saying whenever you come across something that you need to repent, repent then, and the next time repent then. Like keep on repenting, or repeatedly repenting. Now the idea may or may not sound a little strange to our English ears, but remember the New Testament is written in that Greek language, and translators try to translate Greek into English into our language as closely as they can.